Welcome to the drdavidmarlin.com Stable Science Podcast. I'm Dr. David Marlin, and along with a great team of experts, I'm helping horse owners and riders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. In these podcasts, we will discuss science-led research, technology, information, and advice to help you care for your horses so they may live healthier, happier, and longer lives. To support the podcast and all our research and science for horses, go to our website, www.drdavidmarlin.com, and to learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Using cold therapy with horses. Many people are now aware that there is an anti-rice movement that's been gaining publicity perhaps for the past 15-20 years. And RICE is an acronym for Rest Ice Compression Elevation. And this is something that has been used widely in human medicine and sports medicine for the treatment usually of acute soft tissue injury. Um, And despite this anti-rice movement that's been led by some medics and scientists, rice is still uh, incredibly widely used in in professional sport Um, and even just uh, icing on its own. In the equestrian world, cold therapy or cryotherapy is still very widely used and there doesn't appear to be much in the way of campaigning against its use as there has been by some in human medicine. So is the difference because we know that those dealing exclusively with humans, uh, patients, we know something they don't know? Or is it just that we've not yet seen the studies or the evidence that it may be ineffective or harmful and actually slowing recovery from injury. Perhaps the first thing to examine is the way in which cryotherapy is used with horses. The first and most obvious is with acute pain. 
here the use of cold has the effect of reducing the inflammatory response and also blocking pain sensors. And there have been suggestions that reducing inflammation in acute injury is actually detrimental as the inflammatory response to injuries is part of the repair process. The jury does seem to still be out on this, but there is certainly a core argument against the RICE protocol. That is, inflammation is good and should not be controlled. In this context, there's a couple of quotes that I wanted to read to you that I think are pertinent. The first one is by an author called Baumert in 1995. And Baumert said, Acute inflammation is an important part of the healing process after musculoskeletal injury. But unless it is controlled early, it can significantly hamper rehabilitation. The second quote I want to read is by Yarvinen et al. 2007. The objective of rice is to stop the injury-induced bleeding into the muscle tissue and thereby minimise the extent of the injury. So the key aspects of using ice or rice are about limiting but not abolishing inflammation and reducing the extent of an injury into the surrounded uninjured tissue. And one of the most common uh, perhaps applications of rice that we know is in the acute twisted ankle where we have an incredibly swollen ankle uh, that is incredibly painful, possibly non-weight bearing and rice is often used in that uh, first sort of 24 hour period to uh, actually reduce the degree of swelling and reduce the, the degree of pain. And this is where the second and, and equally important aspect of cryotherapy and acute injury comes in, which is its analgesic benefit. In cases of moderate to severe injury, it may take some time, if this is an animal, uh, before a vet can be seen by a horse and before a vet can administer um, an analgesic. And these themselves take time to produce a significant effect. So in that period, cryotherapy can provide a degree of analgesia. Um, it probably is the case that the ideal is somewhere in between. So some degree of, of icing is appropriate and too much icing is inappropriate. And where we seem to be at the moment is that these arguments are polarised with people... Uh, saying that rice is should be used extensively and others saying that it shouldn't be used at all and say i think it's somewhere in the middle the other use of cryotherapy is prophylactically in re relation to regular training and competition where there is no obvious injury so in the horse this is particularly relevant to the, the feet the fetlock knee joints and flexor tendons because Training or competing, especially on hard ground, can lead to soreness in the feet and in the joints, which we know can often be managed effectively with cryotherapy following exercise. Similarly, if we have older horses with arthritic changes in their joints, these can often be made more comfortable after exercise with acute cryotherapy. With respect to tendons and ligaments, particularly those in the lower limb, 
we are aware that these are a very common site of injury and the, the injuries are in the main the result of the accumulation of low-grade damage over months and years of use. The temperatures within these tendons are also some of the highest that we see in the body and this enhances the inflammatory effect. Is this natural? Well, I would argue that the domesticated horse's tendons are not ideally designed to cope with the tendons that they reach during training and competition. And this is because the temperature at the end of exercise is a combination of intensity of exercise and the duration. In the wild, horses don't canter and gallop for anywhere near the durations that we ask them to in training and competing. And so it's likely their tendons don't reach extremely high temperatures which lead to inflammation and degradation of the tendon matrix so for this reason i think the use of cooling after exercise in domesticated horses after training is an important tool for trying to maintain tendon uh, longevity because we know now that the majority of tendon injuries in horses are not the result of one-off uh, accident they are the result of accumulated micro insults and micro damage that occurs over weeks, months, or even years. So if we come back to this controversy over the use of rice in human sport and medicine, there's evidence from a number of published peer-reviewed studies that reducing inflammation is beneficial in many circumstances. It's not that all evidence supports not adopting the use of cold. And in addition, this isn't about blocking inflammation entirely, which I think is where the rice campaign has come from. But it, and that's unachievable in any case. But this is about moderating the inflammatory response as a degree of inflammation is undoubtedly an essential part of the repair process. So use of cryotherapy in horses has to, I think, be considered in the light of a number of different factors. Firstly, in horses, we cannot actually adopt rice. We can only partially rest. Non-weight bearing isn't an option in horses. We can ice, we can compress, but we cannot either elevate. So actually, in, in terms of rice, we can only do the ick part. We can't do, uh, we can't do the, 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 we can rest to some extent, but we certainly can't elevate. Ice is used also on the lower limbs of horses, not only for tendon and ligament, but also for joint and feet. So for example, uh, in, in treating or trying to prevent concussive laminitis or reducing the severity of laminitis from other causes. And tendon and ligament injuries are the most common lower limb injury in mature horses. For example, uh, Rachel Murray's 2006 paper. Um, particularly superficial digital flexor tendon tendonitis. And as we've alluded to already, the consensus is now that the majority of these injuries are the result of accumulated low-level damage, repeated insults, so chronically. These are chronic injuries, as opposed to isolated catastrophic events. Um, and as we've said, this we can understand because wild horses spend the majority of their time walking while domesticated horses spend the majority of their time probably in trot and canter and gallop, which is an exercise program that they did not, evolve, did not evolve for. 
We also have to consider that horse tendons reach very high temperatures during exercise. Um, Alan Wilson and uh, Alan Goodship he published this in 1994, temperatures in excess of 45 degrees centigrade. There's also clear evidence from two unrelated studies that hyperthermia, that's high temperatures, in the tendon reduce the viability of tendon cells. These was worked by Helen Birch and by Hosaka, 2006. Um, in fact, one of the conclusions from Helen Birch's 1997 study was that while temperatures experienced in the central core of the SDFT in vivo are unlikely to result in tendon cell death, repeated hypothermic insults may compromise cell metabolism of matrix components, resulting in tendon central core degeneration. So if you are going to use cryotherapy, either for acute injury or on limbs after training or competition, which methods are the most effective and how long you should you be using them for? Uh, I recently published a paper uh, in Comparative Exercise Physiology in 2019 where I compared a variety of different limb cooling methods, including hosing, uh, ice and water, ice boots, clay, uh, gels and evaporative water cooling boots. Perhaps not surprisingly, standing in ice and water was clearly the most effective, by far the most effective, while cold hosing with water at 15 degrees C and commercial ice boots produced similar and acceptable results. But the methods that really should be avoided and are totally ineffective include evaporative water cooling boots, uh, clay, whether it's covered or uncovered. In fact, covered clay is even worse than uncovered and alcohol-based cooling gels. These are not effective methods for uh, cooling lower limbs. From human research, as far as time, this indicates that after exercise, not after injury, between 10 to 15 minutes with a temperature under 15 degrees centigrade is recommended. However, for horses, it's common to see people using 30 minutes uh, as a recommendation. Horses' lower legs have no or very little subcutaneous fat, no muscle, and the tendons themselves have a very poor blood supply. So the impact of ice and compression should actually be accentuated. But uh, a possible comparison to humans is the Achilles tendon, which is similar in structure uh, and also has little subcutaneous fat, is near the surface and has a poor blood supply. Studies with uh, a device called CryoCuff, an ice and compression wrap on the Achilles tendon have shown that repeated periods of 10 minutes of ice and compression application are actually most effective. This is suggested to be because the most marked effects on the microcirculation are evident within around the first 10 minutes after application. And there's also evidence from some in vitro studies which demonstrate no damage to the tendon cells if they are maintained at 10 degrees for up to an hour. Therefore, we could ask why not ask ice for longer than 10 to 15 minutes. Um, I guess keeping tissues too cold for too long has the potential to cause superficial tissue damage and nerve palsy after only 20 minutes. This has been shown in some studies. Internal temperatures of under 15 degrees C can cause inflammation and edema and increase lymphatic permeability, 
which would reduce, reverse the uh, initial benefits of cold uh, that cause vasoconstriction, which we already discussed, limits bleeding into surrounding uninjured tissue, and of course the anti-inflammatory effects. Ice and compression reduce blood flow more than just ice alone, uh, and by reducing blood, the inflow of heat from the rest of the body is reduced from the blood supply. So ice and compression does produce significantly colder internal tissue temperatures than ice alone. Um, and colder temperature tissues decrease tissue metabolism, which in turn slows the inflammatory response. A 10 degree drop in a 10 degree centigrade drop in, in temperature produces a 50% decrease in metabolic rate. Reducing blood flow also reduces the amount of uh, oxygen reaching the tissues. And this has actually been proved in studies with the uh, air cast cryo cuff that uses both ice and compression. And the problem with oxygen is that this is a double-edged sword as oxygen leads to free radicals, which play an important role in, in inflammation. But of course, an, a good oxygen supply is also central to the healing process. Studies with the, uh, the cryocuff in the Achilles tendon injury demonstrated better tissue oxygenation after removal with an application time of 10 minutes compared with no treatment at all, suggesting an increase in blood flow after removal. We've got less studies in horses, but two studies, by um, one by Caneps in 2000 and one by Petrov et al. in 2003, investigated the temperatures of the skin and the SDFT core after 30 and 60 minutes of ice water immersion. The, what they found was that the SDFT temperatures dropped very quickly uh, to between sort of 10 and 15 degrees C within the first 10 minutes and then started to plateau. And the implication here is that the blood flow to the limb may increase after 10 minutes to prevent a further decrease in the SDFT temperature below 10 to 15 degrees centigrade. So it would seem that if you have a, uh, a if you are going to use ice um, or you're going to use an ice boot or cold hosing, then perhaps 10 to 15 minutes is going to be uh, is going to be an optimal sort of time. But of course that can be repeated uh, sort of on a, every, an hourly basis or every sort of two to three hours. So just to summarize, the, this debate over cryotherapy is going to continue and it's clear there are still some gaps in our knowledge. Um, some of the human research is not directly comparable to horses. Uh, for example, we know that horses can greatly reduce blood flow to their lower limbs without tissue damage, um, as would occur in people. Uh, in people, we, we know that damage as frostbite. But we know that horses stand in cold climates, standing on uh, cold ground, can significantly reduce their lower limb temperatures without any deleterious effects. We also probably have to uh, recognize that equine tendons reach very high temperatures as a result of exercise, and we know that these temperatures are damaging. Um, and at the same time, we have a lot of tendon injury that we believe is, is as a result of chronic repeated insults. So on balance, I still believe that cryotherapy is a beneficial and important tool for the physio, the vet, the rider, 
Um, but I think there's still an opportunity for the research uh, and to determine particularly whether the sort of protocols we use in horses after exercise and injury are optimal. But for now, I will continue to use and recommend cryotherapy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and the Stable Science series. If you want to learn more about this topic and our work, head over to the drdavidmarlin.com website. Our website and community of members discuss a wide breadth of topics and the website houses thousands of articles, webinars, videos and research, all designed to help horse owners, riders, trainers and breeders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. The drdavidmarlin.com site is an independent information resource for all equestrians, a source of unbiased, science-based research. To learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.